1: Welcome back to the Bradfo Show, a Who Says No edition. It is Wednesday, if you're listening to this on release day, the 22nd, and we are inching closer to opening day. Spring training now a week in. Uh, everyone is now officially or should have officially reported by this point. I think the last last one was Alfano, Alfonso, right? Alfaro. Alfaro. I just butchered that so Come on, bad. Uh, Come on, Coop. Come on, Coop. I just want to say, I want to say uh, Poseidon. You're missing. No, sword. no retort to that. No, you guys just don't see him as Poseidon. I think you butchered Chase that Manola. one as well.
2: It's hey, what, Aquaman. What, 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 it's Aquaman? Dumbass. You could
1: also be, he looks maje- like a majestic sea person.
2: Yeah. Aquaman, you dumbass. He's Aquaman. You butchered his real last name and Whatever.
3: His Whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Coop, Coop. Was Alfonso supposed to be Aquaman?
1: Yes. Yeah, that was bad. That was wow. bad Alfonso. <laughs> That's a swing in a minute. That's okay. Well, he, was, he was the last one because he was having visa issues, correct? Actually, but... Yu Chang is not at camp.
4: Yu Chang's not because oh, I, uh, right. yeah. I think he's staying around for the WBC. Right. I think he's going to show up after. Are you yeah, still laughing? In...
3: What the <laughs> hell, man? <laughs> Alfonso.
1: <laughs> Alfaro, all right? I'm not going to make that mistake again, but at least you guys knew. It would have been so much more awkward if I was like, yeah, guys, Alfonso. what you? Did... What are you missing here? Really? Yeah, we, we
3: know who that is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Have you guys any thoughts after the first week real quick?
3: I, I, the only thoughts I have is like self-reflection. Like, why am I such a curmudgeon? I'm so sick of seeing spring training videos and everyone's so happy about it. I'm like, I, I don't want to like start the season, start the spring training games. Everyone's like retweeting them. And then I'm like, God, I'm sick of these. And then I like put, put the Twitter down and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so angry at the world? So that's where I'm at. I really, really need the season to start, as you guys can tell. You didn't love yeah. the, the Raphael Devers mic'd up? The only thing I thought was really funny is when Kike said, you're only running because Yoshida's here. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. funny. The rest I'm like, all right. Wait, can right someone here. explain that to me? I, I feel like an idiot.
4: Why, why would he only be running because Yoshida's there? He's, he's a new guy. New he's guy. trying to impress yeah, He's, he's trying guy. to impress the new guy?
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. Speaking uh, of the new I was guy, thinking, I was every, thinking,
2: every video I have seen of him taking live BP, it sounds like a gunshot every time he touches the ball.
4: He's getting hits off everybody. Like he, what, he had a couple off Kluber. It looked like he crushed one off
1: Hauk. The sound isn't what I like, think of when I see those like, clips. I'm thinking of the, the backswing that he has. That is oh, so yeah. smooth. Like it's so nice. It's very yeah, Ichiro. It nice
3: swing. It's like Ichiro and Griffey kind of mixed because he lets go with one hand. Ooh,
1: what a, what yeah. a comp.
3: Yeah, what yeah. Imagine right, someone just saying too. that to you, like,
1: "Hey, you kind of, kind of got that
3: Ichiro Griffey vibe." Going. Also, let's not bury the lead. You guys seen Yoshida's thighs? Yeah, I'm not Saquon Barkley-esque. Thick yeah. boy, thick boy. Sick. Sick. would make okay. Pat Brown impressed.
4: See Sammy, without the spring training content, you wouldn't have any of these discussions. You wouldn't know what he looks like. See, but that's don't
3: take this for granted. But my thing is, I knew this after the first day, and now I'm like, all right, I really want the games to start. I've seen Yoshida hit the ball; it sounds like a gunshot. I want to see it in action. Now I'm just so I'm so antsy, and you know, I love the Bruins, but it doesn't completely fill the Red Sox void. So I'm 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 hanging on by a thread. I need baseball. So where you were a month ago at Winter Weekend?
1: feelings on the team compared to now like are you now like kind of like oh all right well the season's back
3: around and kind of have to be back in yeah i mean i've never been like i've never been out on the team i'm just kind of like from from my expectations in last october right when the season ended to now i'd be lying if i say like i'm psyched with the team going into the season but there's a lot to be positive about there's a lot of like fun storylines yoshida is the guy that's like really interesting to me Casas. So there's things to look forward to. I'm not completely negative, but it's just not, not completely what I expected. But that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if this team like, snuck into the playoffs or anything.
4: The fact of that. the matter is, I we're thinking... going... You go ahead, Coop.
1: Oh, no. I was just going to say, I was thinking about that today, how like fun like a sneaky playoff ride would be, because it, that would be like 2021, where you weren't expecting it. So like the further you got, you were like, oh, this is more fun, because like, we weren't supposed to be here.
4: Mm-hmm, but yeah i digress no i'm not gonna sit here and ex- like say that we have preseason playoff expectations but there i think there's a pretty solid chance that this team could get to the playoffs like if you had to assign a percentage to it right now like it's got to be somewhere between 35 and 65 depending on who you are like i would i would put it right around 40 45 percent
3: yeah i would say 40
2: yeah like it's that, weird. that's a pretty it's,
4: good way to enter the season it's 40 percent certain Cause it just means we're going to be playing meaningful baseball or at least it,
3: it's likely, I guess it's not yeah. what we've grown up with, but you, like, you know what you could say, you could say the chances we're playing meaningful baseball in September is very high, whether they make the playoffs, who knows, but there will likely be meaningful games in September and October, which we didn't really have last year, unless you're one of those people hanging on to the 0.08% get out of here. But I think we'll definitely get meaningful baseball late in the season, which it could be worse.
2: Yeah, I think this is the first time in a while that, like, we, like, I genuinely don't know what to expect. Like, th- we could easily win 74 games. We could easily win 88 games. Like, I genuinely don't know what to expect. Like, I feel like there's just a lot of potential, but at the same time, there's a lack of potential. Like, I don't really know. A lot
3: of question marks. Um, yeah. I think the storyline that nobody's talking about, well, maybe we are because we're diehard fans, but the storyline that's being buried, uh, Alberto Mondesi. That kid was such a highly touted prospect, not even that long ago, five, six years ago. Now that I say that, that is kind of a long time, but still, he's still very young. His speed is unbelievable. We all know how important that's going to be coming into the season with the new rules and the new massive bases. So that's a guy I'm excited for. I know he might not be ready right away, but um, yeah, I mean, Yoshida, Casas, Monacy, there's a lot of like exciting little storylines, Bayo. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be positive. So that's why I want the season to start already. It just it feels like it's like the anti 2022 socks,
4: where like when the when that team was really good, it was like the meat of their order. You had like JD, who had this who had this great start to the season, and Xander was hitting and Devers looked like a like an MVP candidate. And like, yeah, you had the bottom of the lineup and it was pretty subpar. And now this lineup, it's like you've got like one star, and then you feel kind of solid about everyone, including like seven through nine. It's just, it, it's going to be a different look. It's something we're definitely not used to. And like, we're not used to entering the season with like mid-tier expectations. But I mean, considering the stories of the off season, the narrative, the tone of everything, like if you give me all of that and then tell me that we have like close to a 50-50 shot at the post season and we'll be playing meaningful games in September, like I'll, I'll, that's fine.
3: Like we know where we are in this build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I want to, Coop, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask a question to the boys. I, I big time mind. Don't, oh, don't okay. cool. even think about it. No chance. Won't ask. No, go for it. <laughs> All right. So my question is, um, I don't think we've discussed this on the pod, on any of our podcasts. What do you guys think of the catching situation? It's a little, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's pretty weird. You hate the catching situation. I don't hate it. I'm just not, I'm not there's so many people who are like, I'm, let's do it. Maguire and Wong, let's roll them out there. And I'm like, like I like Maguire. I think he profiles nice as a backup. He hasn't really hit in his entire career outside of the two month small sample. And oh, then boy, Wong, can
1: he bunt! He, he oh, hell bunt of a bunter,
3: <laughs> <laughs> hell of a bunter. He can bunt, but yeah, I just, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm just not like I, so many people are supremely confident. I just don't get that.
4: Yeah, no, it's not. It's definitely not an area to enter confident. And I, I wouldn't think. I think going into the off season, there were just so many holes. Like, especially considering all of the guys who became free agents, that like a lot of people, myself included, thought that catcher was kind of low on the list of of needs they needed to fill. Now, being where we are, like catcher is probably when the full team is healthy. I would say probably the weakest position they have. They've got two backups. And you're sort of hoping that they can be competent defensively and and at that value alone, just be decent for you until like, maybe someone breaks out, maybe Alfaro gives you something, maybe Connor Wong, who everyone keeps talking about as a leader steps up. Like, it's like a kind of, you never know. It's definitely not something I'm excited about, but like, now that they filled all those other holes, like now it, now it feels weak, but like if they traded for Sean Murphy and then didn't have a right fielder or didn't have a, a left fielder, I guess like they could be in a worse spot.
1: I was about yeah. to say, is anyone else kind of weirded out? Not weirded out, but taken by surprise by the Connor Wong, supposed like leader of the team. Like, I feel bit. like that came out of nowhere. Yeah,
2: it's weird.
3: Yeah. I mean, that that was, wasn't that like a singular quote from Rich Hill? That and, was
1: from Rich Hill on, uh, I mean, on the baseballs yeah. and boring show.
4: Yeah. I think Rick, someone I, else said it later. Didn't someone else also say it? I, it, was it, KK? but you're also like,
1: like Rich Hill isn't just like nobody. Like, yeah, he's not the best pitcher in the world. I, he's my dude. I love him. Go, yeah. Milton, Milton tough. Um, but like, he's, he's a vet, he's a seasoned vet in the MLB. He's seen every single clubhouse that you can possibly see. And like, he's telling, like, he's telling people that, like, yeah, hey, like, Connor Wong is like someone that can be like the heartbeat of a clubhouse. Is like, I yeah. think that carries a lot. But it's also kind of like, where the heck is this coming
4: from? Because you don't really see too much of that. Yeah, yeah and he's not going to say team. that out of nowhere. Yeah.
3: Like, that's coming from something. See, but but I would argue, like, maybe he's just, I mean, Coop, you know him a lot better than I, I mean, I don't know him at all. He's a nice guy, right? I, it seems like yeah, a Yeah, nice I guy.
1: mean, like, he always says hello in the uh, the dugout. Yeah, maybe he's, he's just not a bad guy. guy, guy.
3: I just like, fr- from, I just never read in too much to teammates, saying nice things about other teammates because i always think like well what else is he gonna say he's not gonna say something bad about the kid especially that's true um, rich hill um i know he uh he's one of the older guys in the league and connor wong is uh, a rookie prospect whatever you want to call him i mean like he's not gonna say anything other than positive about him it's not that i don't believe him i'm just not taking much from that but it came from nowhere
1: like it cooped yeah, but you would I'm say, like, he has potential if, you, if you're, if you like, considering that he's, like, a young guy and you want to give him props. Like, you would be like, oh, he has the potential to be, like, a good leader. But,
4: like, he was just outright, like, leader of the clubhouse. Wasn't the question, like, who could be a leader in the clubhouse? And he just, he went, didn't he say, like, Justin Turner and then Connor Wong? Like, it, yeah. it's not like, it's not like Rob asked him, like, what do you think of Connor Wong? Is he, could he be a leader? Like, he wasn't prompted. It was just like,
1: here's a field of, like, guys. Pick yeah. one. And then, like, uh, i don't know i feel like that's like a good label but like also like i don't know just storyline for the season to look forward Certain, to and it's look nice at here it's nice to hear yeah. i just
3: don't like i just don't take too much from it it's a, it's only a positive though i'll say it's that. better
1: to it's better to focus on than like the fact that no one's going to like watch games it's spring training and whatnot because that's been oh, i guess I a bad that. sign i don't know um really.
3: Hey, man, but if, uh, if that gets ownership's uh, ears God, to perk up, I'm all I'm fine with that. You, you really... re- is that a story? Like, do we do? Is that
4: like? Do we think of that as a story? Like, I know, I know, the media is treating. I think as a it's story. a
1: nothing burger, but it's like supposed to be like indication of like interest from the yeah. fan base. I mean, it is
2: notable because typically they have a pretty good turnout in spring training. Great, but like games, how do you start it? So like, I don't. I'll wait to, like kind of. Push that narrative, I guess, but like
0: it's
1: because people have nothing starts, else to talk about. I mean, like, if you want to, yeah. you want to be real about it. Um, yeah. but what there is something real to talk about is Alex Verdugo, Alex Verdugo, and his made... new grills. Yeah, yeah, shout out. I oh. up. Did you guys see the headshot? I, yeah, yeah. yeah. good right look, bad look, good look, bad look.
3: I bad wish look. Uh, this, the this, this smile, the smile was a little confusing, but. You know, in, in, if we're baseball fans, we want these players to have personality. He's got personality. Good look, bad
1: look. Good look, bad look. Come on. Good look. Good look. Bad sure. Good okay. look. Okay. Definitely,
4: definitely not a bad look for me. I don't know if it's like a good look. <laughs> definitely not a bad look. Why do you think it's a bad I think look? he's got to show up this year. Why, why is it a bad look? I,
1: I think he's got to show up this year. You can't.
2: do You can't I don't know. like that and not pull up. You I don't know. know. It's just, it's, it's something about it. Like, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara has sweet girls. Something, like, I don't know, like, Verdugo doesn't... Yeah, Alvin Kamara
1: guys. is also, like, rushing for a bajillion yards every Sunday. Like, Alex Verdugo is not making... They won't let Alvin Kamara even be at the Pro Bowl. Like, he just can't be in the state to participate in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. That's how good he is. And, yeah. and that's not Alex Verdugo. No offense, Alex Verdugo. I hope you can hit that point, and I'm hoping that the grilled-up headshot can lead to that this year. I, it doesn't really translate, but... He's got apparently
4: telling everyone there that, that he's going to have a huge year this year, and and he he's certainly looking the part. So I hope I hope he's right. Yeah. Do you like extend obviously. him now
1: or do you extend him later?
4: No, later. I, I wait too. Yeah. Oh
3: man. Does do rough.
1: you does that mean that you want to? Oh, oh. So you're on the you're not consensus.
3: Why, why, so here's my question to you guys: I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. Why wait? price can only go up and if he gets worse you probably don't want to bring him back so so i think wait. that's the reason
2: you do wait is because his price won't be crazy right now i think his price right now is probably around what benny just got like 575, 575 worst yeah. comes sure the worst worst comes the worst if he outplays that six let's say it's six for 100 that's still not a bad contract like that's Well, he's not going to go from five or seventy-five. That's a
1: little less than what you're giving Yoshida right now. So you're banking on him being like Yoshida
3: type level, which we we want to go through this like another bidding war. We have to think about a Padres type team swooping in, then we lose another guy. I know he's not even close to what Xander was, but like, why not pounce now? What's fifteen million a year? That's nothing. Well, here's here's my thing. Yeah, that's
1: nothing, man. (laughs) Nothing to sneeze at.
2: What the hell happened? We we. We've been trying to trade this guy for four months, and now all of a sudden we're trying to defend him. Give to give go. Him that's where I,
1: that's where I wanted this to cool. go.
3: That's, that's another thing. If you got that guy locked up for five seventy five, probably makes him more valuable. Teams like, oh my god, that guy on a cheap contract under control for five years. We'll throw in another prospect. So, um, I, I, I'm leaning towards do it now. I, I don't see the downside. And even if he if he stays where he's at, and you're paying fifteen million for what you got last year, it's not great, but it's not like ah. Uh, Now we're gonna have to rebuild like I say do it.
4: Here's my issue, Sammy. And you they just signed Yoshida to play left field. He's not gonna be a center fielder. Alex Verdugo is not gonna be a center fielder. If you lock him in for five years, and that's assuming that's on top of the two years he has left, like you're locked into him and Yoshida as your corner guys. So you're you're not only just committing to those guys, but you're committing to not sign another corner outfielder. And there may or may not be a really 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 good corner outfielder that's a free agent in 2 years just like verdugo coming out of san diego you know if, if you want to make a run at juan soto that that spot kind of has to be available and and i'm definitely open to having verdugo here long term but to pat's point if you extend him now i think i think being you know 2 years away from free agency with the production he's given maybe it's like 65 mil and and if he if he plays this way and maybe a little bit better, I I think the price could go up like a little bit over one hundred. Like it's a it's a risk there, to yeah. not extend him. But if you do extend him and he it continues to be the player that he's been for the last two years, I think they'll be kicking themselves in a couple of years with a choice of either forcing Yoshida into a DH spot or just taking yourself completely out of a Juan Soto market.
3: For
2: sure. The, yeah. The thing I think for me is kind beating... of. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I think it is, like, kind of going off what Gordon was just saying, is, like, if you have a corner outfielder locked up of that consists of Verdugo and Yoshida, those are two guys who are not known for their glove. And we don't know what Yoshida looks like. He might be the same exact kind of hitter Verdugo is. He might be a 280 guy, 15 home runs. You completely eliminate the possibility of signing a corner outfield guy. And you – like, the – moving Yoshida to DH hypothetically could work, but it's inevitable. Raffi's going to get there at some point. That's going to be Rafi's spot in, who knows, four or five years, Ma- maybe even less. So yeah. I feel like signing Verdugo now without knowing for sure that he's going to be that guy completely eliminates the possibility of signing like a Juan Soto or Teoscar hernandez next year. Like it's, you eliminate yeah. some options
3: if you jump now. Yeah, I get that. That's an interesting way to look at it. I, I more so think like, the way I frame it in my head is a little bit different from what you guys said, but I I get what you guys are saying. The way I look at it is, okay, cool. This is one spot. We don't have to worry about for five years. We got a guy who we know is solid. We can allocate money elsewhere. And it's just after the way Xander went after the Mookie thing to a lesser extent, I have such a hard time. Let not extending a guy who we know for a fact is at least solid and we can get on an affordable deal um, because we believe we can get a guy like Soto. Like, how many more Padres-like teams are going to be around by then? Are the Angels going to have Otani? Are they going to want to get Soto? Are the Yankees going to swoop in? Giants, Dodgers, it's like, I have such a hard time being like, all right, we won't extend him. We'll get Soto or someone else. It doesn't have to be Soto. I get the point you guys are making. Um, so, yeah, regardless, I think we can all agree there's risk whether you do it or you don't.
4: 100%. Right. I think they, also, yeah. they have to just kind of ask themselves, like, I mean, John Henry knows, he knows if within the next couple of years, he's going to be willing to invest a half a billion dollar contract in a guy. If he knows that there is no way he's ever going to be willing to give a guy a $500 million contract or even a $400 million contract, then I'm more open to the idea of it. But I still just fall back to the, to the idea that I think we'll know by the all-star break, if this is a guy that we want to build around and that we want here for the next five to seven years. Like he'll, he'll, he'll be around to discuss. Like he, you don't just walk up to ownership and, and say, I, I want to be here long-term and then a half a year goes by. And, and then all of a sudden you've played yourself out of that. Like he's open to it. He'll be open to it. Then if he's, if he's hitting, you know, three fifteen and, and he's showing power, his defense is, is improved. Then we can talk at the all-star break. I, I don't see any reason why we have to rush it he's got two years left till free agency playing it slow it's the play hard to get coop
1: yeah that's the gordo way i have no idea if pat is frozen or not right now
4: Uh oh oh he's frozen
1: big time frozen he was Uh, he was uh going in and out when he was uh he looks like an ai portrait right now um so that's like about it for Verdugo. I don't know, do you guys have any other topics that you want to touch on?
3: Yeah, um I mean the whole the whole Kike question thing. I think I got a pretty unpopular opinion.
1: Okay. Um I am... All right. So I'll just like lead, I'll Oh shoot. He gone. He he dead. <laughs> oh. RIP Pat. Um All right so i'll just um so with that those guys kind of talked about there's another outfielder now shortstop that i think sammy you want to talk about
3: yeah kind of sort of about him um i'm sure you both saw there was uh what was it duke castiglione the reporter who asked kike a question he said or he asked heim bloom a question about kike he said is this the right guy to be a leader on this team does he have the resume for it which is you know pretty much exactly what he said please correct me if i m- messed any of that up but um we, i didn't know that was duke yeah i mean that's allegedly who it was that's who i think carabas said that's who it was he can No, ian it. brown Ian brown tweeted it okay so dang you know wait to
4: Ian
1: brown tossing bodies yeah, he kinda, yeah.
4: that's good i like that that's bad boy right there
3: yeah um
1: but yeah that's, i Go ahead. Sorry, not to derail it there, but I, this is just like such like a wild story.
3: Yeah. So my thing is, like, we know what the sports market is like in Boston. There's a lot of outrage. I know the local media often they like when the teams lose because more viewership and ratchets everything up. I get it. I understand that. I, and I appreciate it, although I don't like it. So when I hear Duke Castiglione ask this question, he says, is, is Kike the right guy to be a leader? Does he have the resume for it? All the fans flipped out. How could you ask that? How could you ask it? And I'm like, and this is partially because I come from the world of journalism originally. I'm kind of like, what's wrong with that question? Is a, like for most of his career, he's been a utility player. He's currently on a one-year deal. I think we can all agree he's a bit of a uh, placeholder for when we get um, our starting short stuff for the future. And fans are freaking out that a reporter asked if he's the right guy, if he has a resume to be a leader. And I want to point to who have been the, the quote-unquote leaders on this team in the past. It's been Pedroya, superstar, Ortiz, Hall of Famer, and then recently, say what you want, but Xander Bogarts, who's another superstar. And that's not to say that a utility guy can't be a leader. I get Kika has an awesome personality, but there's nothing wrong with asking if that guy has the resume, especially if you're asking the guy who brought him aboard. If he has a resume, these journalists have a story to write. Now the guy's story is Heim Bloom supports Kike as a leader. Here's his resume. Here's how it differs. Make your own judgment on that. I just don't get the outrage.
1: I I I agree with you on that. Like I in the whole sentiment sentiment of that, you know, like the team doesn't have any long standing players right now. Like Devers is is Devers is the longest tenured player now, correct?
2: I think so. So
1: oh yeah um
3: who is it sale sale right yeah right right.
1: Um, but like it's a fair question in that sense but what's the point of the question like you're asking the like the gm the chief baseball officer gm of the team yeah um Like, do you have trust in your player that you picked that you wanted to be here? Like, you know what's gonna come from the question. So I think it's just a dumb question in that sense. um But like, seeing people be like, "How dare you say this about like Kike and whatnot?" And you know, like, even, like even like Kike getting fired up about it. Like, I was like, "Yeah, like I don't know, wear that chip on your shoulder." Now he asked the dumb question, use that as like bulletin board material. Um, yeah, but it is like. It's a fair it is a fair question, but it's also a question of like, well, duh, like Heimblum is going to have his back. And also like, who else in that clubhouse is actually going to be a leader? Like
3: the the question is all there.
1: You don't need to ask it.
3: The thing, the thing that I would retort that with is you know he's gonna say yes, but you don't know how he's gonna frame it. And that's where writing the story comes into play. Is he gonna be like, Yes, he's a leader? But that's not what he said. He said he just has to continue to be the same guy that he's always been. So what's that? Now you have a story. Now you can go back to the LA Dodgers days of Kike. Who was he in LA? Why is he the right guy for the leadership role? I just thought it was a fine question. I know that Red Sox fans are very protective of their guy, especially guys like Kike who are front-facing, big personality. I get it. But that's a fine question. I just don't get the outrage. Sam, you I mean,
1: think the question I, could I have been asked in a different way?
4: That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I think it's a yeah. fine question, and it's okay to just to say to Haim, like, Xander Bogarts has been the leader of this team for the for the past few years. Like, how do you feel about going from an All Star as your leader to more of a like utility guy as your leader? Or but like, the issue or is if you want to be like,
1: like just be like, what about his resume makes him stand out to you? Like, yeah, that's that a that works too. Way to go, that works it. too. But he sure, goes yeah, like, I mean, like you
4: don't he, have to be is a he like a, Does he have the resume for this? Like, Kike Hernandez? Like, yeah, that's say, like the, the way it was. About,
2: like, the way it was phrased kind of made it sound like this guy's gonna be a leader. Like it almost it was pretty disrespectful. Like it made him sound like he's like some triple A platoon guy. Yeah, I think it's right. like, but,
1: but even like you saying that, like, like to your credit, like it is a fair question. Like that's a legitimate question. I, it's just I think like the, the way you go about it, I think is. Just I think the phrasing could
2: be better want. if they said. Like Kike's one of the guys who's relatively newer in the clubhouse. What qualities makes him a good leader to you? Like something along the lines of like, what do you like about him? Rather than like questioning Kike's legitimacy as a player and a leader.
4: We're literally just saying, why are you comfortable with Kike Hernandez in the leadership role? Let him, and then he answers. There's no disrespect there. It's just why why are you comfortable with this? It's obvious that you guys are looking in that direction. Like why? So person, and there's no, yes, nothing disrespectful about business. that.
3: Sometimes when you ask it in the fashion that he asked it, the way it elicits a more emotional answer. If you ask a question emotionally, you might get a more emotional response. So I get it. And I get the people who don't like the way it was framed. Uh, Gordo, I like how you framed it, how it's like, this guy's been a utility firm, this was clear, he's new no positions this year. Why is he the guy to lead? Sure. Um, but, you know, in a vacuum, I'm saying, I don't think the question's outrageous. And I think the thing that people were outraged about was him even asking him, even questioning that this utility player on a one year deal could be the front facing leader of the team. I think it's totally fair. And I don't, I haven't read the guy's story, but now he's got a story to write. So bada boom.
4: Yeah. I think, I think the story is, is with key. It like you said, with Kike being on a one year deal, you know, it's not even just like he's in the last year of his deal. It's you extended this guy for one year and now you're putting all of this on his plate. He's now learning a new position. He's, taking a leadership role. He is expected to take a bounce back or he's expected to bounce back with the bat this year. Like there's a lot on his plate and you know, a guy who's playing in the WBC, he's not going to be playing shortstop in the WBC. There's a lot on his plate. So I think it's definitely fair to ask. It just, it felt a little disrespectful. I did like Kike's response to it. I thought his tweet was awesome. And I think, you know, that was kind of for the fans because he saw the fan outrage with it. He knew it would play. I like that.
3: Yeah, that's He's, another part he could add to the story. Look how Kike understands the fan base. Boom.
1: Yeah, but then I feel like people are just like, well, it doesn't matter if he has the fan base but not the clubhouse. Next at six, Duke Castellón.
4: There's a way to rephrase yeah. it. It's it's a yeah.
1: We're a bunch of sickos with our minds like that in the business. Just yeah. like, how can we do twi- it? That's what it's Boston just- sports media does to you.
3: Um, you also got to consider that like, like you know, Johnny McNobody in the middle of nowhere isn't as maybe <laughs> yeah. locked in as all of us are. So maybe yeah. he's like, who's this Kike Hernandez guy? Who is who's this Kiki guy? Kiki Hernandez, isn't he on the Dodgers? All
1: right, <laughs> That's so why like, I want Kiki. him to get hot, just so we can have a whole bunch of like uh, Bostonian, like middle-aged, like parents just being like Kiki Hernandez. Love. Why don't they get rid of that Maya kid? We don't know if he's any good. Keep Kiki. Is he can he even shave, Marcelo Maya? How old is this kid? Marcelo, child labor laws <laughs> over here with John Henry. Uh, but on that note, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we we got all of our any uh, any last uh, squeeze out of the the lemon.
4: No, can we uh, talk about about John Henry's emails?
1: technically I think it should be the squeeze out of the grapefruit, right?
4: Grapefruit ah, League? good one, Coop.
1: Yeah, about
4: what? About about uh, the John Henry email interviews? Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, okay. it, it <laughs> what is just he he can't get and I I really I said this to you guys at winter weekend. Well wait, wait real so much... quick,
1: real quick, just like so listeners who don't yeah know, um Jemba Cafferty, uh the athletic, she put out an article where it was an interview with John Henry, but it was an email interview with John Henry. Uh, which later then sean mcadams came out and had this thing that it was selective journalists that got the email interview um so now it's kind of looking like it's being cherry picked which i think is kind of unfair to do to jen mccaffrey because it was a good article regardless. um but yeah so it already right there bad look cherry picking your like authors and whatnot and doing like what an authoritarian dictator does. Uh, but go ahead, Gordo.
4: Yeah. And he's not speaking at spring training. I mean, I, I, said this to you guys at winter weekend after, after that whole debacle on the, uh, on the town hall, but it with this too, it just, it's so evident why he doesn't speak, why they don't let him speak. Cause even in his interview or sorry, even in his emails, his responses to the questions just have so much sass. And it's like, they're totally fair questions. And, and and McAdam in his article, you know, he got his first two questions. What, what were the questions? I think one of them had to do with, are you opposed outside of Devers to giving guys like 10 plus million. year deals? And then another one was, are you opposed to like, are you, are, have you drawn a line in the sand and you're not going to sign players into their forties? Like we've seen some teams doing this year. And, and. You
1: know, I believe that the, like the the entire the, question
4: was along the lines of, are you willing
1: to compete with like the Yankees, the uh, Padres, and the Dodgers with how they sign players?
2: And his response was, if your question We're, is, are we ever going to have a $300 million payroll, no.
3: Yeah, and there's only one $300 million payroll, so I didn't... And whatever. an interesting
1: tidbit on top of all of this, uh, Evan Drellick came out with a article also. Athletic writers having a weekend. Drellick. Um but still, no free ads. Shout out W-E-E-I. Um, read their blogs instead. Um, but there was an article about the new economic uh, competition committee, I believe is the name of it, that Manfred is putting together. And it has five owners on it, which is a hilarious list, um, which range from John Henry all the way down to uh, remind me on his first name, Rocky's owner. Dick yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, like, it's just like, it's, it's a committee set up to oppose Cohen and it's like in direct response to Cohen's just like disregard to the salary cap or not salary cap, but tax, which I would imagine the salary cap is going to be discussed at these committee uh, meetings. Um, so it's, it's just like John Henry is just like failing on so many measures to be an appealing
3: owner for baseball fans. Yeah, he's just not, he's not a, he's not someone I would put in front of a camera if I'm working for the Red Sox. I kind of get, I kind of almost get why he hasn't been, I mean, he's a 73 year old billionaire. He's never going to be able to relate to our buddy. We just talked about Johnny McNutt in the middle of nowhere. He's, (laughs) it's, it's not, it's not a good, it's not a good match him and a camera or a microphone, just, just be a financial advisor type role. And let Sam Kennedy talk. Yeah, like
4: Like you've got a guy like Sam Kennedy, who's literally so good at giving you this long answer that actually doesn't say anything like he's perfect for it. Like he'll represent ownership and he's been doing it for years and you never really get anything out of him. He's he's literally perfect at his job. And that's probably just the way they're going to keep it. He'll 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 take the questions and represent ownership. And we'll just have to take that because we now know for sure why that's happening. And he's, yeah,
3: and, and, he's the Roger Goodell
1: of like FSG. Hey, Roger Goodell is just there. Not, to,
3: what was that? And whether it's true or not, I, I really do feel like Sam Kennedy at least like kind of cares yeah, about the team and everything. Definitely. Like he might be pulling the wool over my eyes, but at least it feels like he cares. And even if I'm like comfortably numb, it's better than like feeling. You know, I hated that. that. That was one of the worst feelings as a Red Sox fan I've ever felt. Is is when. Xander left and Devers wasn't re signed. And I'm like, man, these guys who've been owning the team for since I was a kid, they've been great owners. My my dad and grandfather have told me how much better they are than owners of past. Do they still care? Like, do I still need can I still support these guys? That was an awful feeling. So even if it's BS, I appreciate Sam Kennedy for at least making me feel like he cares about the team. That was a tough so, month. You're right. That was a tough month.
2: Yeah. November was do.
1: November was not fun at all.
2: Yeah. I also feel like John Henry has kind of grown oblivious to the weight of his words. Like, the answer he gave about Bogart's, like, genuinely pissed me off.
4: The 12 years thing?
2: Yeah. What could you have done differently with Xander? Oh, for 12 years and laughed? like.
4: Yeah.
3: That's, like, yeah.
4: that's BS.
3: I thought the same thing as you, Pat. I thought the same thing. Like, wow, that, that pisses me off. But then I thought, like, what would I have wanted him to say? Like, he would have had to gone out of his way to kind of like low key insult Xander. He well, would hold have on to a second. Or not even,
2: if he just said, like, oh, like, I wish we started negotiating earlier. That, yeah, exactly. I, I wish Why, we had so better communication throughout the process. Like, something that's not like sarcastic and snarky. Do you think he, he understands? You guys under the
4: bus. Do you think he understands that the issue that the fans have is not that he didn't go 12 years, but it's that Xander was more than willing to sign an extension? During spring training and during last off and they lowballed him. Do you think he Is understands it, that's the issue? I don't even know if
2: he understands that. I don't, I don't think know. He knows Andrew
4: <laughs> does he know they offered him a
2: contract?
1: To be honest, to bring it back to that first question that was in Jen's article, like where he's just like, "Well, we have four championships. People forget about that." Like, I would take that over what these other teams have done in the last twenty years. So, th- I don't think he does realize any of that. Like, I think sure. he's just like so transfixed on like, well, if we get another championship in the next five years, like we're just checking off a box. But on that note, last question before we wrap things up, Pandora's owner, like, would you rather hear from your owner or not?
3: Like I... the last
1: three years, we, we were clamoring to hear from John Henry. We finally heard from John Henry and now we're kind of like, should we just have our owner shut up?
3: I'll answer your question by not answering your question. Bob Kraft. That's who I want. Owning every team. Guy who's like, yo, I don't do the transactions. I am involved, but I let my guys handle it. And I'm a diehard fan of this team. And I'm going to make sure they're contenders as soon as I can. That's what I like. And I know that's very wishful thinking. He's a great owner. But if I had to and i don't even like the the steve cohen kind of thing i think that's gonna eventually backfire big time if those guys don't win that's not
1: sustainable
3: it's not sustainable
1: and i think every baseball like actual baseball fan can see that
3: yeah so i guess like i I would like a owner who's fairly front-facing stays out of the everyday kind of stuff and likes the team that he owns i I, that's so simple i just want you to i want you to care like i care that's like um
2: Wick Grusbeck with the Celtics. He's sitting front row every night and you never hear from him unless it's a big press conference with a new head coach, a new, new player. Like that's kind of when you want to hear from them. I don't want an owner who's going to come out every three years and get bombarded in a, in front of thousands of people and then go back to being a recluse.
4: I want to play devil's advocate for a second with you here, Pat. I, and I love Wick, but I think this is like the first years and and like maybe this is like maybe the first year in the last 10 years that he has spent into the into the luxury tax john henry has done that what some something on like half of the last decade so even though he gives off this weird vibe like he doesn't care the money talks more often than it doesn't and with wick he seems like he cares because he's always sitting front row and, and he'll talk to the radio guys. He'll do the interviews. He shows up. But I guess to answer your question, Coop, what do I want in an owner? I, want, I, I just want a guy who's going to write the checks. And if I'm the Red Sox, I don't want John Henry ever getting in front of a microphone ever again as long as he owns the team. But as a fan,
3: it's, it's more fun when he does. So I would love for him to keep speaking go for it kind of feel bad almost i know he's worth 3.6 billion dollars but like when he was on stage i don't know how you guys felt i felt so uncomfortable i just cringed
2: it it wasn't bad the three of us were sitting together the three of us were sitting together in every 30 seconds we were just like i am so uncomfortable like crawling (laughs) in my skin secondhand embarrassment i was like i don't know what to do with myself like
3: stop responding to the crowd oh my god yeah, stop answering it was, people yelling at you. Oh. That, you hear me?
2: <laughs> yeah. Handed, I mean, minded,
3: like that, in the, that Breaking Bad scene when Walt is in the car and he's like, "Hank," that's oh, how I felt. Yeah.
2: stop yelling. Yeah. Stop responding. Yeah. I mean, like, in an, in an ideal world, you get a guy who cuts the checks and is also like a PR pro. Like, but it, I mean, it's so hard to combine. If you have to pick one or the other, I guess I'd pick the recluse who just cuts the checks.
3: Yeah, and even if they're not a PR pro, just don't don't BS the fans, especially in this market, because they'll yeah. sniff it out really quick. Yeah.
1: Well, on that note, catch you next week. Hopefully, this is going to become a weekly thing as we inch closer to the season. Uh, so we'll have another another week of spring training under the belt for us to talk about next week. Uh, for that, peace out. Thanks for joining me, guys.
2: Later, Coop. Peace. Y'all. Yeah.